You are listening to Sharing Connections, a podcast from the Center for Conscious Caregiving, and I'm your host, Rich Carney. Sharing Connections introduces you to holistic teachers and practitioners where we discuss various topics and techniques to help build resiliency. Each week, get to know our guests who are empowering caregivers and transforming caregiving. Hello and welcome. This week, I am joined with Bonnie Parker. Bonnie holds a bachelor's in sociology and anthropology, a master's degree in creation spirituality. She's been a mediator for the New Jersey court system for over 20 years and has been leading dream groups for the last 15 years. Thank you so much for joining me, Bonnie. You're welcome, and thank you for having me. Thank you. So how did you get into dream groups? Because I know um, it's people kind of talk about their dreams, but what really got your passion into leading a dream group for the past 15 years? Well, my first uh, inclination was to be very fascinated with my dreams from oh, some time in the early 70s. I read the Seth books, um, and uh, in those books it pointed out how important dreams are, and I had always been fascinated with dreams. So when I went to the university um, for my master's degree, um, I met uh, a man who um, I later studied under who was uh, teaching about dreams. His name is uh, Jeremy Taylor. He's a uh, Unitarian Universalist minister. Um, and he has been coming, he was coming to the East Coast to Saugerties, New York for about uh, 10, 12 years, something like that, about four times a year. And I began going to those workshops and he he was uh, one of the pioneers in developing dream circles or dream groups, feeling that um, because dreams have so many facets to them, uh, that different people can see different parts of the dream, that the dreamer is uh, selectively blind to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he... Through, uh, through the understanding that dreams um, talk in symbols and metaphors and mm-hmm. they speak a universal language, there are certain things in dreams that mean the same to almost all people on earth. Up is, you know, good, high, heaven, down is bad, you know, dark, mm-hmm. the devil yeah. kind of thing uh, throughout all different cultures that, that we share. Um, we share a lot of commonalities in our dream work. Um, and so he also talked about projection, which is actually the only way so far that I'm aware of that human beings can actually understand each other. And that is because we, what we take in, what we hear from another person gets filtered through our own experience and it is projected out onto that person in the form of language, um, and, and in, especially in dream work. So we call it projective dream work. Although according to Jeremy, um, all things are projective. Our conversations are projective. Mm -hmm. What you're hearing from me, what I'm hearing from you, I'm projecting through my own lenses. Yeah. So with dream work, because they talk in metaphors and symbols, 
people can um, can see different parts of them and relate to them, maybe in slightly different ways that the dreamer has never considered. Now, it may not be valid for the dreamer, but it certainly is valid for the person who hears that dream and takes uh-huh. it in as their own dream. So we and and that's why we we call it projective dream work, but we also are we were also very very careful to um, use the first person as when we talk about the dream, uh-huh. and that that validates that the person who's hearing the dream hears the dream from the dreamer is recognizing that it is that person's projection of the dream. And so when I hear the dream, I speak about it in as though it were my dream. And I mm. say that in the beginning, if this was my dream, this is what it would be for me. Because that's really okay. the only way that I can understand it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are some of the, are there any misconceptions with dream work that you've kind of encountered over the last 15 years of what it is and what it isn't are there anyone that comes to this workshop thinking it's this and that's not really well i um some people come um a very few i have to say mm-hmm. the, a very very few in my experience um thinking that it is kind of fortune telling mm-hmm. um a lot of people believe that dreams tell about the future and they do but that's not the only reason that dreams are there and and when we talk about them, it doesn't mean that we're projecting into the future necessarily. It's really about what's going on right in the present moment. So there's that part of it, thinking that it's about fortune telling or something, which it isn't. Um, group dream work is really for people who are serious about understanding what these what this message is in the dreams. These are messages from the unconscious. And as Carl Jung said, the trouble with the unconscious is that it's unconscious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. So, um, so when we get these dreams and they speak in metaphors and symbols, it's like, well, that is really crazy. What was that mm-hmm. dream about? So unpacking the dream, taking it, each piece of the dream, which is like a hologram, you can really, from what we used to call it, we call them, not used to, but we do call them dream fragments where we can just take two or three words of a dream and 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 work on it and unpack under you know incredible mm. understandings from the dream so that that is that's a typical misconception i don't i analyze it in a in a different way i talk about it as if it were my own experience when i hear a dream so it's not exactly anal, analyze, anal, analyzing and so i, I don't want to go to that if, if I went to a psychologist, a psychologist had some background in dream work, the psychologist would probably say, well, your dream means this, not using the first person, mm-hmm. because yeah. the, uh, the psychologist has been educated in dream work, or so they, they profess. Mm-hmm. Um, and while it might be true, it doesn't necessarily resonate with me when somebody tells me that my dream is really all about how much I hate my mother. I don't really want to hear that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's another also speaking in the first person, and I kind of I'm emphasizing this because it it makes such a difference in the way that people hear things when it's said to them is if this was my situation, this is how I might do it because it's a lot easier than say this is what you should do about your problem. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so 
so that so that part of it is about it's not real it's not dream analysis it's dream interpretation in the form of taking it in as one's own image of the dream and decision mm -hmm. about what that means for them yeah and i really like that because we a lot of people tend to say this is your experience this is what mm -hmm. you're feeling this is what you should do and i know for me as soon as someone says this is what you're feeling or what you should do even if that's the thing that i know i should do immediately i'm like no nah, who mm -hmm. are you to tell me what to what to do mm -hmm. and i get very defensive so mm -hmm. i really like that your uh methodology and teaching is about putting it onto your experience so that it's easier to digest really for other people to take this dream and then interpret it from themselves and then i can take whatever i need to take from everyone else's exactly um, experience yes and that's what we call the aha moment or mm -hmm. that little tingle that goes off and sometimes it can be a negative thing it can be an immediate oh no mm -hmm. but when it when it gets a strong emotional reaction from the dreamer it's usually an indication that there's something valid in there mm. but again only the dreamer can say with any certainty if the dream if that is what it is for that person yeah um, and it also you know talking about um, when we point the finger um, relatively speaking mm -hmm. uh, to someone about this is about you da 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 it it is um it is just another form of projection mm -hmm. so one of the benefits i have found about dream work is recognizing my projections whether i'm dreaming or i'm awake and understanding mm. that if i get an immediate reaction from somebody that i meet whether i like them or whether i don't like them i know it's a projection and we cannot project anything that we can't own in ourselves mm. so it's unconscious most yeah. of it but yeah. when we become more conscious, and this is one of the benefits of dream work, when we become more conscious of how we behave in waking life mm -hmm. through becoming more conscious of our dreams, we can really go through the, you know, through life with a better understanding and a recognition of those, those parts of ourselves that we either don't want to recognize or mm -hmm. just repress. And there are all different parts of ourselves, you know, the things we like and the things that we don't like. They all want some kind of expression. And when we repress those things or hold them down, they will come out in inappropriate ways and, mm -hmm. and in ways that will hurt ourselves or other people. Um, sometimes we are not conscious of it. And yeah. that's when a situation will come and just hit us right in the head. And yeah. <laughs> like, pay attention. And that's, yeah. what it, that's what dreams will do. That's what nightmares do. That's why mm. they come in that form, because they want us to pay attention. Something is really important for our health and wholeness here. And mm. so the dream comes in the form of a nightmare that I can't shake off. Mm. I really want to pay attention to that. Wow. So would this kind of be, uh, I know a lot of people don't like to use the terminology shadow work, um, but it's shadow work is just shining the light on those parts of yourself that you're not aware of. So this sounds like, um, to me anyway, that this would really help in reducing any like triggers that you have and mm -hmm. um, 
any of those overreactions that you're experiencing and you can't really pinpoint absolutely where they're from absolutely I, I think that is probably one of the best um parts about dream work the most beneficial parts about dream work is pointing out the shadow um because the shadow most of the time is unconscious in us mm-hmm. and the shadow is another part of us that um we we don't want to own because we don't particularly like it because of mm-hmm. our culture because of our upbringing for many different reasons we're told that all right so um I see somebody who is very, very uh, boisterous and loud and excited, and and I I immediately take like, oh, I don't, boy, that person's just too much. Mm-hmm. Well, I have to own that in me, there's a part of me that would like to be more free-spirited, but I squash that because my parents told me, don't stand out, don't be like that, that is just, you're just asking for the wrong kind of attention. So you see, but there is a part of me behind that shadow that wants Mm -hmm. some attention. And so if I can recognize that, oh, I had immediate dislike because of this thing that I believe, Mm -hmm. and a belief is only a thought that we keep thinking over and over and over, (laughs) (laughs) that I can change beliefs. And so when I become conscious of it, I think, oh, Yes, I I would like to be a little more free-spirited. I would like to have mm-hmm. some attention paid to those good parts of me. That's that yeah. shadow pushing that out, and it comes out first in dreams. Um, it may be in waking life, and then the dreams keep repeating. This is mm-hmm. one of the, the parts of repetitive dreams, dreams that you know recur all the time. Um, but it's an important part because all dreams come in the service of health and wholeness. They, if we all have dreams, and animals dream, I believe plants dream, I think everything dreams, the yes. dreams, but if everything dreams, there must be a reason for it. Uh-huh. I mean, nature just didn't evolve, like, okay, I'll just throw that out there, yeah. it means nothing. <laughs> yes. It all has something to do with our evolution and uh-huh. the progress of our soul. And I, I feel that the strongest part of that is the love that generates all of that and Mm. you know love comes in many different forms i'm not talking about romantic love i'm talking about the energy force of the universe that the universe is geared for well-being and so we're part Mm. of that so we're geared for well-being dreams come in the service of bringing us to health and well-being wow that's incredible now can i ask you um to maybe give our listeners a little example i have a dream, um, if it would be all right for you to do sure. like a little demo sure. of maybe analyzing uh, this. So I had a dream two days ago and it was about the lottery. So and in the dream, it was like analyzing the lottery and who's won the lottery and um, the way to win the lottery is you don't pick um, like the birthdays in your family. Some people pick uh, meaningful numbers to them and you, your chances are better if you choose random numbers and so yesterday after the dream I bought a lottery ticket did not win this morning I woke up in bed I didn't win but if you want to um, just do a little example of what you would do what you could what we could pick from that to kind of interpret if that would be okay sure with you. sure I'd be happy to 
Okay. So, um, I have heard from the dreamer, um, about having a dream about the lottery. Um, I'd like to ask a clarifying question if I may. Mm -hmm. Uh, did I actually win in the lottery or was I learning about ways to possibly win? Learning about ways to possibly win. Okay. All right. Um, and so in my version of this dream, when I think about this dream for myself, um, it not, it wouldn't necessarily be about the literally about the lottery, although it doesn't hurt to buy a lottery ticket because <laughs> I can't win anything if I don't buy a ticket. Um, and what would that cost a few bucks? That would mm -hmm. be, that would be perfectly fine. And if I won, I would probably validate the dream a little bit more. So I didn't win. So what does this mean then if I didn't win the lottery? Well, I would be looking at something in my life that I really, really want to claim for myself, something big, something that is really what I believe right now in my life I'm not capable of unless I just, unless I take a chance. And so I really, I, well, how much is that chance going to be worth to me? And how can I calculate the odds? So I'm looking at a situation in my life that I really would like to deal with. I'd like to take advantage of. I would like to win in a sense. I would like to maybe just be able to, I, I'm, I'm feeling a sense of desire for a, some freedom of expression. And how do I do that? Okay, so the lottery, the dream comes to me about not being specific, but being random. And I think, hmm, what does that mean? That means allowing things to come to me rather than saying this is what it has to be that would be how i would look at that dream wow that resonates so much <laughs> with me right now wow mm -hmm. that's really powerful oh i am so excited for your workshop <laughs> <laughs> i am too i yeah. love doing this yeah. um so can you give our listeners a tip for them that they could start doing now to get started? Sure. The first thing is the desire to remember dreams. That's number mm -hmm. one. So uh, when I go to bed at night, I say, I'm going to have, I know I'm going to dream tonight and I want to remember these dreams. Now the next step is make sure that you have a pen and paper near your bed so that you can <laughs> write it down. And you only need to write down a couple of words. Maybe that's all I'll remember is a couple of words. But if I write those words down, more than likely when I wake up, I'm going to be triggered with those words and I can remember more of the dream. And if I can't, that's okay. It's good to have a book with a, um, for, to put dreams in, a journal, date it, give it a title if I can... If I want to, I like to do that. Sometimes I wait until I've put the whole dream down or as much as of it as I can remember. And then maybe just take a line out of that uh, narrative that I've written and make that the title. It doesn't have to be a, you know, book selling kind of title. <laughs> it just has to be, it should be a title that will, when I go paging through it later on, it will trigger me and say, oh, this is the dream I was looking for. Something that stands out in the dream is usually a good idea. Uh -huh. um, so th those are those are really the simplest key elements. Just wanting to remember the dream, 
making it a practice to write them down as soon as I remember them, as soon as I can, mm -hmm. keeping those utensils, the pen and the paper close by. Some people like to record them, and if one is handy with one's iPhone, um, put record. But then it's it's really a good idea to write it out. You know, there's mm -hmm. something, we all do texting and all of that, and that's fine, but there is something about the brain and the hand and the pen that mm -hmm. really makes a difference. Also, um, some people, I, I occasionally like to draw something. Now, I'm not an artist, but I'll do some stick figures or something, mm -hmm. maybe even color it in or just do colors if that's, oh. and sometimes that will trigger colors. People say, oh, I don't dream in color. Well, maybe yes, maybe no. Maybe the dream is all about black and white. That's how I'm looking at things in life. Yeah. Um, but colors have a lot to them too so sometimes mm -hmm. so i have a friend who does um she puts uh, she does like a collage on the cover of her dream book of all different things that give her dream images or ideas um wow. just make it a very personal thing mm -hmm. um and you know draw uh, paint color put swatches of, of magazines or cloth or whatever mm -hmm. um it make it a fun thing. It should not be a chore. Yeah. It should be something that I that I just am excited about because it's revealing more about who I am. And yeah. I think most of us want to get to know ourselves a little better. Yes. If we don't, well, oh well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. So can you talk about um, your workshop that you have coming up here at the center? It's sure. on Thursday, May 11th from 6 to 8 p.m. Yes. Um, well, I am hoping that we will have a, a nice turnout um, and that people who have some experience with dreams will come as well as those who have no experience or have no idea about them. Um, we'll start from scratch. I have found since I've went to so many dream workshops over the years myself when I worked with Jeremy, I loved hearing his introduction because it just seemed to reinforce it. And just like a dream, there was always a new element in there. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll talk about uh, what, what Jeremy has developed called the toolkit. And it's just six statements about, um, about dreams and about our etiquette with dreams, such as speaking in the first person. So we have, I will give that out for everyone. You can take that. Um, we will, uh, I'll answer questions about dreams, some of the things that you've asked about. Um, people will come up again. Um, mm -hmm. And then in inevitably somebody will have a dream that they're just dying to tell us. Yeah. <laughs> and and we will we'll work that. We'll, hopefully we'll have enough time to work, um, you know, several dreams. And, um, and I, I'm just uh, excited about the opportunity to be able to do this. There is one thing about the work that is covered in the toolkit, and um, and it's about confidentiality. Now, um, ordinarily, when we talk about dreams in a dream circle, the people who are there will get to know each other. And so the understanding is that when we speak about someone else's dream outside of that circle, we would not use any identifying features about who had that dream. Mm -hmm. I think that that is polite, unless that person says, oh yeah, you can tell them it's my dream and this is what I had. Mm -hmm. That's a different case. But generally we don't talk about it 
identifying the dreamer. Mm-hmm. If a dreamer wants to have confidentiality because of certain elements in the, of the dream, then there is complete confidentiality, and we never speak of it outside of that room to each other or to anyone else about mm-hmm. any part of it. Um, and so that it, it, we develop a safe space here mm-hmm. to, to talk about dreams. And dreams will go into every aspect of our lives, whether we like yeah. it or not. So, you know, there are going to be some very, very personal things. And that, that dream circles become a very close-knit group after when they've been together for quite a while mm-hmm. because they know things about each other's lives yeah. that we don't tell even our parents or yeah. our friends sometimes. Yeah. So um, it's, it is a very, it, I like to make it a very sacred space and, um, and a place where people can feel safe to talk about the things that are most intimate to them. Wonderful, wonderful. So that's, that's what we'll do. It's really pretty, awesome. pretty simple, but pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm very excited yeah. for it. Um, and is there, um, any way for people to get in touch with you if they have any other questions and email address? Sure. They can go to uh, Dean of Dreams, D-E-A-N-O-F-D-R-E-A-M-S, at gmail.com. And I do, um, I do do individual dream work with people. And if people had, um, you know, a, a dream that a question about a dream, I can answer the question. Um, if they are not able to come to a dream group, I can, you know, talk to them about that too. Oh, wonderful, mm-hmm. fantastic. Thank you so much for joining me, Bonnie. It's been such a pleasure. Oh, thank you. It's been wonderful for me, too. Thank you, Rich. I'm looking forward to seeing you on May 11th or maybe sooner. Yes. (laughs) Great. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to Sharing Connections. Join us next week for a new exclusive interview. You can find this podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Visit our website, www.thecenterforconsciouscaregiving.org for more information about the wonderful work we do. You can also find us on Facebook, The Center for Conscious Caregiving. If you have any questions, comments, or thoughts, please email them to me at info at thecenterforconsciouscaregiving.org. I'm Rich Carney. Thank you so much for allowing me to share this connection with you. Have a wonderful week.